Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Summarize with AI in a click. Writer's block? Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Tatecast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the show, I joined Club Top Shot just for a little bit, had Jack Settleman and Peter Overzet on the show to talk about the landscape of Top Shot, some of the opposition, some of the problems we have with the format, some of the ideas that we think could make the website better. Uh, you know, some of the issues with their messaging and scaling, just, you know, kind of a, a wide ranging conversation about what is going on uh, with Top Shots, NFTs and, and the digital landscape right now, uh, doing a daily episode of uh, Top Shot related content on patreon.com slash Tatecast. You can sign up there to get new episodes. And if you just want to support the show, you can leave a rating or review on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts and definitely make sure to subscribe to Club Top Shot and to Peter Overzet's over uh, YouTube channel. Now let's go ahead and get into the episode. All right, everyone, welcoming in Jack Settleman and Peter Overzet to the show, the Club Top Shot crossover you've all been waiting for. I, I didn't know if I should have Jack on on his own for the first time or invite Pete on. I figure the first time we'll do the crossover. I feel like Jack and I would honestly be like very good bros though. I mean, Jack does the clubhouse without me. So I guess he could have come on here without me. <laughs> Wait, I was on the phone or I had a zoom with Twitter today about getting whitelisted for spaces. And I for instantly thought of you as a potential, we can bring it all back together on the platform. I literally don't even know what that just means. Whitelisted for spaces? You know what spaces is. It's like the clubhouse version of Twitter that they do at the top of the app by the fleets. You haven't seen those? No. Oh, it's like it's like a, it's like an audio podcast room that you can just live stream straight to your audience. Okay. And whitelisted means I was talking with them and they might put me on the list ahead of before it reaches, you know, anyone can go do it. Great. I can't wait to have another thing. To, right. <laughs> uh, to be gated away from as Jack's over there, you know, talking to all the 13 year olds. Well, they're probably not going to have the functionality to do it on Androids. So it'll be, it'll be, <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll be iOS. Be iOS. <laughs> it'll be iOS only. It's disgusting. So we're, uh, we're sitting here and uh, win packs. The packs did not drop, Pete. More, more bot manipulation. How are you feeling? Are you feeling frustrated? Are you feeling uh the you need you need some sweet pack release and it's it's not there for you yet no like i might be the biggest top shot contrarian in that i love top shot but i get so excited when this stuff gets delayed and pushed back because it means i can get something done i like i am so productive when this <laughs> stuff gets pushed back everyone's all pissed i'm like dude i just got two hours of work done this afternoon i thought it was amazing and i like <laughs> when it gets pushed back not to be productive because the content just gets even better i mean twitter's so much funnier when we actually get a delay or no one gets packs than when people end up with stuff well because now it exists in such a way that 
I think everyone I follow is trying to get packs. Like everyone whose account I follow on social media, they're trying to get packs. Even if they own no moments, they have no, they have no moments. They're not a hodler, but they know the packs are guaranteed profit. So they're sitting there in line waiting to get dapper bucks. Like it, it is now at least inside of the very niche space that is like degenerate gambling, fantasy football, Twitter, who who's it's, still holding out? Okay, hold on. Let me let me be clear about something. It's escaped that world. I had yes. m- multiple calls today with legitimate people, and they were talking about the pack drop on a business call. Like we're trying to figure out like deals getting done, and they're making references to it. It's every single person. It's bizarre. Yeah, I mean, ESPN's literally running a sketch, top shot sketch tonight. I was talking with Mike. He's the creative producer at sports nation and they're doing like a, a top shot bit tonight. Like it's, it's just everywhere. Unreal. My like real life friends now are waiting in pack drops, like guys who I couldn't convince to make DraftKings accounts, guys who I couldn't convince to buy Bitcoin. Like these are, these guys are waiting in line for packs now. Like it is, it has reached that level, which does seem kind of surprising because there were only what, like 12,000 active buyers today and I mean, the marketplace was closed down, but it, it and they they limited the signups. I mean, they literally limited signups. I mean, what happens when they when they ungate the signups? Like, do the floodgates open? Obviously, yeah. I mean, it, it's funny too because I've like in the Discord stuff, you'll hear a lot of chatter about people being like, you know, the one, uh, you know, five thousand packs, a hundred thousand people. All my friends are trying to get on. They haven't got a pack. They're going to get turned away. I'm like every single pack drop, there's more people. So more maybe, people. maybe an individual is not coming back, but in the aggregate, they are coming back in droves no matter what happens. I was thinking about it on the drive home as I was parked in a parking lot, picking up my lunch, waiting for the pack drop. Um, and I was like, I think they're going to write a case study one day about how to launch a product and actually use, I don't know if it's intentional, but I think the methods they're using are creating more hype and more interest than if everyone got the packs, right? Like there's got to be something there. Do we think it's purposeful or they just lucked into it? That's that's the conspiracy theory. Yeah, I don't know. But it's working. I I think it's very unlikely to be a conspiracy theory because all of the forward-facing messaging from the people inside of Dapper and Top Shot lead me to believe they are unbelievably overwhelmed that they had no idea this was coming and that they're pissed at Jonathan Bales. I mean, at one point (laughs) at at like some extent, they're like, you know, our business is blowing up. We're making millions of dollars. This is great. But I imagine these dudes are putting in like 16 hour days. Everything's breaking. Nothing's working. People are just yelling at them on Twitter and on discord. I can't imagine. I mean, in fairness, Roham was in a clubhouse last night. So while they say they're not doing any official marketing, they're very vocal about a lot of this stuff. So I don't know how much he would be engineering the back end and if they would need him for that. But you would imagine like they keep talking about uh, MLB deals, NFL deals, UFC deals. But he's like taking his time to go and do that type of stuff. So who knows? I think it'd be hilarious if they did plan the whole thing because they're I mean, whatever they're doing is working. Well, it, it's it's just that idea. You have scarcity within the site and just the way the series are, and then you have scarcity with these packs, and it's just, it's human psychology. If right. I were to release, or if I were to put like a shirt up for sale, and I just put it up for sale, I, you know, say I sell 120 of them just as the natural sale, versus if I said there's only 200 of these available, I bet I would sell 200 of them. 
Like it's just the human thing. Like, oh wait, there's a cap on it. Whatever, like, it, and that's how these humans go. And people too with these drops, it's like if there wasn't a set amount on these drops, like imagine the amount of people that would be coming to them. Not near as much as with the cap supply. That's what I'm so confused by people who are like, oh, I just wanted to get to the point where they have the packs up on the site at all times. No, you don't, because that's the point where when you open the pack, you're losing money. The reason right. these are so coveted is because it is like playing the lottery and you do win. Um, I'm not saying every pack in the future will necessarily be a loser, but it won't, but it be won't be profit. a thousand dollars of EV, right. which is like, <laughs> I mean, what, uh, Herzig tweeted that the EV of one of the MGLE packs was like $2,600 for $99. Yeah. And the, the base packs, uh, I mean, obviously the, the EV of those went up. I mean, when they decided to limit it edition, all those moments, they went up to being like, what, like $500 packs? Kitchen, three? Kitchen told me that there were packs, series two base packs selling for two grand on eBay. On sold, eBay. Not listed, sold. I was like, it's absurd. Ah, okay, I might I might need to venture over there. I have a couple of series two packs. That's ridiculous. Well, it's yeah. because there is, there's what, the number one Curry. There's like a number six Lamelo still out there. Some of the uh, Tyrese Halliburton and Killian Hayes have single digit ones out there. Like there still will be value in ripping the packs. Now, when you guys first created a top shot account, like I, I was on, on like January 14th, I bought like six packs. I just, yeah. ri- I just ripped them and opened them. And I just had those, those, those moments just sitting in my account. And uh, I mean, it, it was a very cool experience to be able to immediately transition them, but I, I don't see them ever going back to that unless they drop like 500,000 packs at a time and the continuous circulation of, of all of the moments is like half a million. I think that's the only way it works. It's got to be. And they claim they're going to do that, which means I think that just increases the value in the stuff that's already out, right? If they start having to have 500,000 moments of one play or 100,000, like that 7,515 K is going to look much more scarce. I was on the site uh, before the new year. So you could come on and get whatever. The first pack drop that I remember not being able to get like multiple of was the deck, the hoops. I was only able to snag one, but I know a bunch of people who grabbed like five of those, but like now looking back, the run it back stuff was plentiful. And I, I mean, I bought a lot of it, but I didn't realize like probably should have just bought all of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it does seem like the run it back moments are going to be treated like the rookie cards of not only is it series one, but like that'll probably be the only moment Steve Nash ever has. It will probably be the only moment that like also some dudes like Leandro Barbosa, that's going to be the only moment that Leandro Barbosa ever has. He has a run it back. It's there. I have two of them, Davis. Come on. Yeah. I sent, I sent (laughs) man's one and then he got another one. (laughs) See the one thing I've learned, uh, I've learned a lot throughout my Top Shot experience, and my new thing is getting two of things I love. Um, so you can sell and and still hodl. Yeah, and I lucked into that because I had gotten a, a bunch of rookies, and I had doubles of a lot of the rookies. And it's been so nice to, like, I'm holding my really nice Halliburton and Wiseman, and then I sold some of the other ones when the market was pumping. I did end up selling both of my Anthony Edwards just because it was, like, getting, like, $4,000 total for two Anthony Edwards was just, like, too hard not to uh not yeah. to happen so yeah so but, but hang on real quick circling back to that thing yeah, yeah. about the people i feel like 
I need, I want people to acknowledge the, like, you can't have your cake and eat it too thing. Like Jack was saying, where it's like, if you want packs to be readily available at all times, that's a fine take to have, but you can't think they're going to be these printing presses or you can be like, I don't care. I don't mind if I have a one in 100 shot at one. I want a chance. I want the money. A thousand dollar thing. And that's fine too. But it's like both of those things can exist within the market dynamics. Well, and it would also, your your perspective on that would, would definitely be related to what's in your portfolio. If you have no moments and you already missed out on the rip, you already missed out on the, the $47 million sale day. Like, what, what do you give a shit what Series 2 limited edition Joel Embiid's go for? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't benefit you. You just want to rip some packs and, and, you know, not be the odd one out on Twitter. But if you have a bunch of uh, Killian Hayes's from Series 2, you know, you don't want, you don't want it diluted. You don't want there to be 8,000 different Killian Hayes moments out on the market. It's very, I, it's very reliant on your perspective. I did realize today that we were much earlier and for a lot of people, like, they just want a moment and the yeah. only moment they can get is Mason Plumley series two to 15,000. So for that reason, I get why even opening a $9 pack and having a chance at a LeBron, even if it, it is one in a thousand or whatever it may be, it does it. I could see where a new user just keeps waiting for the packs because they don't want their first moment to be $30 for Alec Burks. I have, I have a new business idea for, it's not even a business idea, something for top shot. Um, there is the, the welcoming gift pack pack and it's an unlimited amount there's no yeah. there could be a billion of them when you yeah. sign up on the site you get to open a pack with the unlimited series yeah and, and it's got it's got a, a lebron and then and then two trashes yeah. but yeah, yeah but it has it so they mint when they mint a new moment like in series let's say let's move it forward to series three they mint new genius. series yeah. Yeah, Pete. They should they should pay you for this. They should pay you for this. Because, but then the disgusting thing is though is then they create like a set to go with those moments, right? So they are are a challenge. Uh they they create a challenge to go with the unlimited moments. And then literally everyone who gets on the site, they opens their unlimited pack and then boom, they sell it for 50 bucks. No. Even though they're literally unlimited. This is what I'm saying. No, they can't do the series. This is the equivalent of walking into a Walmart and they give you the little uh, smiley face sticker to put on. Like, that's what this is. <laughs> the funniest part is back when I was trying, I was trying to work with Top Shot because they didn't realize they were going to be the talk of the town. And I had a platform. I was like, I can promote you guys. It makes sense for my audience. And my pitch to them was, let me, for every person that signs up with my code, they're going to get a $1 moment put into their account. It was the series one moment. Those moments are probably all worth hundreds of dollars now. Cheapest like, one is like Ish Smith now. Yeah, but a couple months ago, like there were plenty of $1 moments. So yes, there is a ton of value into just that idea of having something in your account, playing around with it. I do think if it is an unlimited series, they would never be able to really sell it. So I right. think they lose some of that. But yes, give them, some, give, give them something to play with and put them in the corner. The the gift packs and the associated challenge is the most interesting psychology market experiment I've ever seen play out in real time in my life. It was literally free. They were super cheap on the first like day, like day and a half. They were like 70 bucks. Everyone I know opened their pack immediately. So I don't know anyone who hodled their original moment. I don't know I anyone. Who, yeah, <laughs> I, Jack knows. Can I tell my story that I uh, I haven't told this anywhere, despite doing hundreds of hours of Top Shot content? Um, 
I was one of the people who got the packs really quick. My gift pack, I got a Jimmy Butler and I was the second person on the market with my Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. I, I sold it for $332. Uh, I just undercut the first guy who posted his number. And I was like, let's go immediately sold. And I was like, the, and then the market plummeted, right? It was back down to like 75 or 80. But now that that Jimmy Butler's going for what, like 500 or whatever, I don't even feel bad. But at the time I was like, oh my God, I just got away with highway robbery. And now the market has been so insane that it has made even my insane sell look normal. Yeah. Yeah. Jack, are you? Do you have the Luca and the first five Cool Cats? Are you getting the Lamelo? Oh, uh, sore subject. Uh, oh, I didn't know. <laughs> no, I didn't know either. <laughs> no, I'm tragic at trading. That's why I, I hold everything. So I, every single challenge since day one, I've looked at it and I've said, "This is the dumbest thing ever." It's, it's gonna so dumb. So much, yep. Right. This was back with the run it back stuff, and I was like whatever. Like it's only 500 bucks to complete this challenge. Thank God. Literally. Thank God. I did all, I ended up doing a bunch of the challenges early on, which just got me a ton of moments, which, you know, have gone crazy. So I did not do this one because I felt it was too expensive. Obviously, if you were smart about it, it was not, it was, I mean, you could have sold that Luca for nine grand, but the reason I say no is because I'm doing the thousand to hundred K challenge. And I bought the Luca at 1500 bucks and I sold it at $2,000. Like yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the funniest part. Locking a 30% gain. I felt like a genius. It feels terrible though. 12 hours. And then, I mean, two days later, it was, it was four X that. So what do you, Pete, what do you say when people DM you with win sell? What, what do you say? What's your, what's your pitch you give people? Cause I get about 15 of these a day. You want to know what I say? Yeah. Lots of good people in my discord who are there to help. You out with these <laughs> I show the discord, man. I can't, I mean, Jack, I assume even Jack is our DMS on like crack, but I, I just like, I've already getting pulled in so many different directions. I can't, I can't answer every single question. Um, I just can't. <laughs> I had my first snark. I had my first snarky response today after probably 600 DMS plus answered. Someone sent me a screenshot and on the banner, it said, uh, Hey, it said like, can't sign up. New users aren't signing up or whatever. And the question with the picture was like, Hey, can new users sign up? Or like, why can't, can you, can new users not sign up? And I just wrote back clearly. Like, clearly. like sometimes, <laughs> right. Like sometimes I feel like if, if it says it there, maybe they can, I don't know, but I, I have been very helpful to a lot of people. So that's always been a goal of mine. I, I say my, my new thing, Pete, you should just say this to people. It depends on your goals. Just, if oh, you just drop, if, if you just yeah, drop a, it depends on, but because it does, I mean, I, what percentage of you guys would say, of people who are in line for packs now and have at least one moment will also have a moment 365 days from now. Like one year from now, the people on the site, what percentage of people are just in this because everyone's tweeting about it and it's, you know, it's beanie babies or whatever. And what percentage of people like actually think it's a cool idea and think it has long-term staying power. I, I think the number is fairly low of people looking to hodl, like maybe like 40 ish percent of people on the site right now are looking to hodl. I think you go through um, like an evolution on the site. Yep. 
and you know, you're getting your fix with packs. You're like, holy cow, this marketplace, it's so liquid. It's so quick. It's so fun to like bounce in and out of moments. And then you really start to develop your convictions of what you believe is going to hold value long-term. And then you turn into this hodler. And I think that's kind of the mode I'm in right now. Like the marketplace is overwhelming in a lot of ways. Like when now, like early on before this bull run a week ago, it was easy to be like, just stay focused on those series one moments, stay focused on the series one bases, the hall of famers. And now it's like, how do I tell someone, yeah, that their best entry point is to go buy a $3,000 Kyrie base moment. Like that's a tough ask. Yeah, no, it is very tough. I mean, it's just recency bias and like knowing what I paid for a lot of my stuff. That's why I don't buy or sell a ton of stuff. And I'm just doing the challenge right now because like I'm buying LeBron from the top dunks for what people are paying for base moments. And it was just it was a different time. So I I have no clue how many people end up. I, I actually was thinking about it today. I actually do think the site's pretty cool. Like at the end of the day, it's, it's just so cool, right? Like at the end of the day, the moments are displayed in a pretty cool fashion. Like it's not like a lame freaking like this really does not get me going at all. Um, even, even, yeah, even, really cool. Like, cool. Just look at the picture. I mean, right. do you have the LaMelo ball rookie card? It's possibly the worst photo of all time. Like LaMelo looks like such a giant dork on his rookie cards. Yeah. And, and even the, the top stuff to me, it doesn't look cool, but these at least have the visuals, like the music and the packs make it more entertaining. I don't know. I, I think the site is cool. I'm not one of those who are like, collect what you love. And if everything dropped to zero, I'd be on top shot every day, you know, but I do think they are. I do think they are cool. I mean, I buy some stuff in my life that's worthless that I'll, that I'll never resell just cause that I like is cool. And, and I'm battling that with myself right now on top shot. Cause I have extra dapper bucks and there is uh, the Lugans Dort has uh, the hollow icon from series two. And I know it's not a good investment. I know Dort, like I know this hollow icon is not going to the moon, but like every day I just sit there and look at it and I just want to buy it just cause it's so, it's so cool. And I want to hold it. Yeah. And I like, I haven't been buying a lot this past week, but yeah, when we were having Damian Lee on the podcast, of course I went and dropped almost a grand on one of his high serial, you know, base <laughs> moments. Like, of course, because that is to me, all those things about that make top shot. Great. Of like, now I love Damian Lee. He's going to be a guy I track. I want to root for him. And I want to have that as part of my collection. Like it's literally the equivalent of buying, uh, you know, a souvenir from a vacation. Like yeah. I want to look at that and remember an, that he was on an the expensive podcast. one though, like a, a very, very expensive. expensive one. Uh, I was had, dapper rich at the time though. Yeah, the Warriors have not lost since he came on Club Top Shot, Ooh. so that's a good sign. Um, but I was on I was on IG Live with Lefko last night, and one of my favorite takeaways was like, at some point, this is entertainment value, right? Like that's the souvenir. A hundred percent. People a billion dollars spent on Candy Crush last year. No one's making money off Candy Crush, right? You don't get anything if you get to level four. They're just doing it because they pay for entertainment. We go to the movies. You you go to sports games. This could just be another form of entertainment. And then you attach it onto a video game or a VR experience. And then you see why people would pay for that stuff. 
I was just laughing because I was remembering uh, in high school when I got super into poker uh, that eventually even the high school newspaper wrote an article about our poker group because it's like these guys play poker every night. And I remember giving the quote in there and I was like, it's just like entertainment. Instead of spending $5 to go to the movies, we just go and play poker. So just get off our backs. Yeah. So we've, we've, we've been having to justify our gambling as entertainment for literally decades. <laughs> I mean, I I spend, I, I bet in my life I've spent over $10,000 on in-game currency in video games. I play FIFA Ultimate Team. I play MLB The Show. I, I rip packs like crazy. Like, I want I want a sick team. I want to, like, beat 12-year-olds at FIFA Ultimate <laughs> Team. And I have, you know, discretionary income from playing DFS and stuff. So, like, yeah, I'm going to rip packs. And the rate of return on money spent on FIFA Ultimate Team is zero dollars. I get nothing back from that. I don't flip those. I can't sell them. When FIFA 22 comes out, my my FIFA 21 team full of like sick cards doesn't matter. I don't get anything for it. And there, I mean, there are some people like in in like some European countries they've like banned loot boxes and stuff so that people spend less money. But literally, no person in the United States is like criticizing EA Sports and telling them like this is stupid. Like this is beanie babies. This is tulips. Like the, the thing that people find objectionable about it is the, the trading, the, the investing, the speculating, but like they, they choose not to uh, pay any attention to the fact that top shots is like the funnest thing that's happened to me in years. And I think a lot of the people who push back on it are, I realize there are people out there saying like, this is a get rich quick thing. Like, I, I mean, be honest with me. Like with the, all the content I've done, like the, all I think I'm selling is like, this is a shit ton of fun and I'm having a lot of fun. Like, I just, I don't feel like that. That's what I'm selling. It's like, you guys get in here. Come on, get in my discord. We're all going to get rich. Right. I just don't, that's not what I'm personally projecting, but it seems like that's what the haters are responding to there are some people uh, not some i think to to davis's point i think there could be 60 percent of people who did join in because they saw other people making money so uh, totally I think it's not what we're pitching but there that's part of the appeal that's undeniable yeah. at this point i mean one of the one of the coolest things for me is I'm just like much more actively following the NBA. Like I play DFS, but the team I root for the thunder, they suck. They, I mean, they have fun players and they play fun games every once in a while, but not enough for me to sit down every single night at seven o'clock and watch them play basketball for two hours. Like I'm not going to do that, but I'm much more like watching all the national TV games, like the, all the, the highlights for, you know, NBA top shot this and stuff. And the, the new bit that people do now is like any bad play, like horrible turnover, or like you know like circus possessions people make the nba top shot this joke but it, it's gotten me much more invested in the nba like the playoff race like thinking of like oh john morant like they're gonna be the sixth seed or whatever so that's good for john morant value cards or like oh the pelicans might not make the playoffs not great for zion and stuff like that in a way that i was not following it that close in in years and i mean that the nba has to feel good about that because I, I've heard this rumored many different ways, like how much the NBA is actually involved, how much they care, how much they're actually making from this. I don't think anyone actually knows, but I would think that that is what the NBA wants. The NBA wants more people on social media actively engaged with what's happening on the court as opposed to the transactions. Because the transaction stuff for the NBA, the trades and the free agents and everything, that's actually been how NBA has like, dominated the headlines over the years. But this has people more engaged in dunks and blocks and cool shit 
I haven't watched much NBA. I've been so busy just consuming and making content. Like I genuinely don't watch my, and this comes a month ago where all I was doing was watching NBA. Cause I do right. like watching the NBA. So it's funny you, you say that, but that is the angle. And another reason why I'm so bullish on it is because this is what sports betting was supposed to do. This is what baseball is like. Everyone kept saying baseball needs to embrace sports betting, live betting. It's going to get people more engaged in the game. If they release baseball top shot or whatever it is, baseball I'm top sure, dongs. Yeah, it has, has a good <laughs> name for it. Then Mans is going to know a single baseball player, which I don't know if he if he would today. Okay, no, it's it's too weird when you call me Mans, Jack. That's that's too weird. I the reason why I call you Mans is because it's always you and Jennings, and I never know what like who's Pete, who's Peter. That's fair. That's fair. But well, I always call him CSU. Is what or or Rammy, Rammy, yeah. So I mean, Peter, you're like the case study for this. You didn't yeah. like, could you have named any player other than Jokic on the Nuggets roster two months ago? Yeah, it's only because I had gone to a couple Nuggets games when I've been back home and I knew Jamal Murray uh, and lots of other players um, that I definitely know. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> no, I knew Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, and in Jokic. Uh, but yes, my, uh, my knowledge of the NBA is almost, a, it's a combination of when I used to be a fan, like say, 2009 like 2005 to 2009 i was really into it and then all from top shot like that's the extent of my nba knowledge yeah and it gives you i'm like are you checking box scores like at night and stuff or or when you wake up or whenever you do your screen time now not quite that much i have done some nba showdown i like hopping in if there's a nice nationally televised game playing that and i i did check in on damian lee stat line the other night when he played against the knicks uh i was hoping he would get a little more burned but yeah to, but <laughs> That what you're getting at is completely true. My interest in the NBA has been increasing. And similar to Jack, I've been listening and consuming more NBA content. I like circled back to Zach Lowe's podcast, which I hadn't listened to in a while and some other stuff. And I'm just enjoying kind of the NBA space. And even as a hardcore NFL guy, I always admitted that the NBA world and tapestry is a far more interesting. So much better. And just fun and entertaining, like online content experience. He's got a Fred Van Vliet bomber jacket and Tyler Hero <laughs> box of cereal. And we're trying to figure out how, if he's a little more engaged. Yeah, this is the dream for the NBA, right? Like, this is perfect. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I just, I wonder, like, the question I have is, like, how high does it go? Like, is Adam Silver, like, when, he, when he's checking his memos in the morning, is he getting memos on, like, top shot sales? Does he know about Roham being, like, maybe the worst tweeter of all time? <laughs> Roham, Roham's got to get, social media assistance he's got to have no i think he's bad i feel like he's really bad the because because what ends up happening is he's kind of in a no-win position in terms of everything he says someone is going to get mad about it to some degree but he tends to kind of feed into the mistaken perception that there are users that get favored on the site right talking about some of these influencer things like the idea that that uh like people are getting free packs, people are getting equity in the company to talk about it. Um, it's it's obviously absurd and and doesn't have any basis in reality. But I feel like his messaging kind of feeds into that. I, maybe maybe that's wrong, but maybe I just see that because I get people in my mentions all day calling me a shill. 
I feel like we don't help because we play we play deep into the influencers. Like my friends are like, Jack, did you get one of the thousand premium packs that they pulled for influencers? Which I think is just a bug on the site that said it got knocked off by a thousand. No, see, that's the thing. Roham said that's not true. They did gave them they gave them away already. I think they're giving them to to players, which is smart. And and, oh, go ahead. No, they're just like, did you get one? And I'm like, yeah, of course. And I'm like, obviously kidding. But then they're like, oh, my God, that's so sick. That's so crazy. I'm like, I'm kidding, guys. Like, my, I've, I do think Roham's Twitter is a very interesting thing. And my read on it is he's wearing three or four different hats at any given time. And sometimes right. those hats get crossed because it's like, okay, he is the you know CEO and in the main like PR spokesman for the company. He's also just clearly a fan of NFTs in the NBA in this space. Right. And he yep. also is just loves being a part of the Top Shot community and the collectible experience. And I think sometimes his like, I'm just a guy in the discord, you know, like shooting the shit with people comes over yeah. to Twitter when we're like, we do need like very buttoned up, like give us the hard messaging because people freak out when there's ambiguity or contradictions in the things he says. Agreed. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think that's true. And I mean, a lot of the, the optic stuff is I think going to go away when the NBA starts promoting it, which I, I think is coming. I, I think that we're going to get, you know, ads during the, the TNT games. You know, we're going to have, we're going to have Shaq, like, cause so they said Shaq is going to be in this run it back moment, right? Imagine Shaq watching his run it back moment on inside the NBA and like talking about it with uh, Charles and Ernie. Like, it's I mean, not, just ima- it's not an imagine like, yeah, it's happening. Like everyone knows it's happening, but I do want to talk about what we're, having a conversation about because i think it's pretty highly debated people are upset that they're doing these pack releases new users can't sign up kyc is an issue and new people can't even get packs and then they're gifting the packs to players when they have them what's your guys take on that you go first no you go for it (laughs) so i think that it is a little at odds in what they have said, which is that they are not actively marketing right now, right? So they, they said, we're not, we're not allowing people to sign up unless they have a Gmail. And I think maybe even that was down for on like Monday. I think people with Gmail couldn't even sign up. Um, they are, and this has gotten no pub at all. They are limiting people's deposits onto the site if they're using credit cards. Um, Dan, our, our buddy Dan Bach tried to load up three, uh, like 5,000 and it said 3,000 was his max. So clearly they are trying to limit some of the activity on the site. They're, they're looking at this and they're going, it's hard for us to build a scalable product right now. Because when you're like, if you just think about the word, like I'm building it to scale. Well, you got to know what the scale is. You have to know how many users you're building it for. You have to know the expected traffic. And it seems like, um, Every time they get it up to scale, then ESPN talks about it on a podcast and 25,000 more users sign up or, you know, uh, Shaq talks about <laughs> NFTs on the, on the broadcast and more people sign up. So I think they are clearly trying to limit. And if that's true, then I don't see the marketing strategy. Like I don't see the corporate strategy of giving the influencers packs. Now, on the other hand, it's just clearly good to have more people see a frictionless experience, right? To see people on Twitch, opening packs, listing on the marketplace, watching the moment, engaging with the content. 
so I, I think it makes sense and it doesn't make me mad. I mean, it makes me mad that I haven't gotten one of the special premium packs yet. I mean, like, let me, let me influence you guys, but I, I, it, it makes sense to me why they're doing it. And it, it also makes sense to me why people are mad about it. It, it probably is not what I would do with signups being limited, but it's not like some corporate treachery or anything. I just say, I think the, in general, how misguided people are and understanding like, I see the stuff like, why does Josh Hart, you know, get a pack? He's a millionaire. It's like Josh Hart opening those on his stream is good for you. You, the person complaining who likes top shot, it is great for you. It's far better than even your like, overall expected long-term value of you getting the pack versus Josh Hart, it's still probably Josh Hart getting the pack is better, but people are so selfish and so narrow-minded that they don't get that. Um, and so now when I like Jacob gave us one the other night and, but that was just to give away on the stream. Like, you know, it's like, yes, I, I think I have no problem cashing in influencer stuff to give away to people and make them enjoy the experience. The entitlement is so funny to play a free lottery. It, it's my favorite thing. I tweeted out this morning, like we're in a free lottery system. You don't have to pay up front. You don't like if you get randomly selected, you get money. You have to put money down, but it's you already know it's going to be a profitable experience. And like you were saying, Pete, like Josh Hart opening packs, you're complaining about that. The reason you're here is because you saw Terry Rozier opening packs and you and the hype built from that. So yeah, I don't I don't mind them. Plus, if they're not getting a cut or they're not making a lot of money from this deal yet, uh, because of however it was structured, it's better right. to at least incentivize the players now and give them something over them turning their backs on the players' association or the league or Dapper in the future and saying, Hey, like they make so much money off of selling our stuff and it's trackable and we're not getting a cut. So give you know, make the players as happy as they can be. So sure. I can even, I can even put my boomer hat on here and, <laughs> and go back to what happened with baseball cards, which is uh, players used to make no money on baseball cards. When tops was doing baseball cards in the seventies um, I'm actually just now reading a book about this. They, they made $125 as their base payment for accepting to have their thing. And then there was a $5 bonus that they were eligible for. And I, I don't remember if it was like the amount of packs sold or, or whatever, but 130 bucks was their max payment. And, and we're talking about like millions and millions of dollars, even in the seventies being spent on baseball cards. And the head of the MLB players association was like, this is fucked up but it took like three years for him to negotiate the deal because he had to deal with the players. He had to go through to the players and I wonder if it's kind of happening in the reverse where what Top Shots is doing is instead of saying, look, we, we can, instead of trying to renegotiate their deal, what they want to do is they want to show the players how much money this can make and incentivize them to learn about it and to promote it kind of organically. Like if, if, if Josh Hart goes back to the Pelicans locker room and is like, Zion, you have a $250,000 moment <laughs> right now. Like you should, you should pay attention to this. You should promote this because you know, the next time we go to go bargain with the NBA, we can have this war chest. We can have a, a five, a half a mil, a half a billion dollar war chest of saved up money from top shots fees. And we can, we can have a work shortage. We can, we can do whatever we want because we have all this NBA PA licensing money. So I, I do, there's loads of reasons why, the athletes themselves and why Dapper and why Top Shot should want the athletes themselves involved for sure. So in the end, 
I have no problem with them giving influencer packs away, especially to players, because it is incentivizes it for everybody. I think, I mean, my master plan is dapper, 5% uh, marketplace fee, league takes whatever cut, and then the players get a cut on every single transaction on, on their specific moment. On their moment. So then what happens is you have the Ant Edwards dunk, and they're going to release 10,000 of those moments the next day for 10 bucks. So he's going to make a percentage of the 100K that sell out, and he's going to be incentivized to post on his Instagram. And then when they trade for 12, 14, 16, 18, 20, every time they're traded, he's getting a cut as well. And then he's doing influencer marketing on his own stuff that's extremely organic and authentic. And then you've got the players, the league, Dapper, all incentivized on the same goal. It's a gold mine. I thought, Jack, you had a great tweet the other day where you explain that like unlike many financial markets top shot is not a zero sum game at least the way that it works right now like yes there will be a like top shot is not going to be free money forever people are going to move on to something else it's not going to have exponential growth day over day the way it is but it it it's it's not a zero sum market which i think just makes it kind of more palatable to me like for example if i was i don't i don't chill like Bitcoin and stuff like that to a lot of my in real life friends because they I don't have. I was just the- gonna say, I thought you were gonna say I don't show Bitcoin. I was like every other. I do, tweets but is- my <laughs> my my real life friends will just get impatient and they will panic sell and they just like they just don't really they don't have the stomach for it uh, the way that like a you know putting shit in a Vanguard ETF retirement fund will do for them. But Top Shot, I would be like, yeah, you should log on. Like everyone I know, I'd be like, you should log on a Top Shot and try and get a pack because it's just it's fun and you can make money, and the buying and selling of moments is, as Jack said, not a zero-sum game. That's huge. I mean, look at your DFS stuff, your sports betting stuff, right? People want to be invested in these games, but then you could my, – my favorite example is, like, who finished second in NFL MVP voting this year? Was it Mahomes? Josh Allen. Josh, Josh Allen got four per- votes. That's a, right. That's a perfect example. Imagine betting the Bills to win the Super Bowl – go to the Super Bowl or Josh Allen to win MVP 40 to one, right? What's that person who got so close, who nailed the Josh Allen prediction left with nothing, right? But if they, if they buy a top shot or a a physical sports car of Josh Allen, that stuff's up 10 X. So you don't get the 40 X maybe, but it's not a zero sum and you still end up many multiples of where you bought it at. And that's what I think a lot of people are more intrigued by over just these long shot bets that all these books are offering. Yeah. And also I, I skipped over another point I wanted to make, which is just in general and everything in finance, people have a hard time taking the long view when they're in the moment. And that's kind of why, like, why would influencers get packs? You know, what Pete was talking about, like getting so mad, even though it benefits you taking the, the, the third step into being like, oh, Josh Hart streaming to 15,000 people with disposable income, watching an like who even know to tune in to an NBA player stream making those people customers is more likely to benefit me. It's more likely to benefit the marketplace, even if it doesn't benefit me in like a 24 hour time span or it's a slight annoyance to me, which is just, it's, it's the most fascinating market study I've ever seen. It, nothing has ever been like this in human history. This is kind of getting slightly off topic, but I, I'm reading this book and Davis, I think you'd probably hate this book because you don't like this kind of genre, but it's Adam Grant's book, Give and Take, and about like the people's kind of styles if you're a giver or if you're a taker and how, you know, takers in general feel like if I'm not 
taking like I'm going to be left out the last guy the you know finish or the nice guys finish last and like this book has all kinds of examples of the whole rising tide lifts all boats thing and like when you're going out of your way and this is tied back to you know Josh Hart getting a pack but my point is like this pie it's not a zero sum game like this pie can get bigger for everyone and you're just because you're not getting something doesn't mean you're not going to get something down the road as this entire tide lifts I think we nailed it when we started Club Top Shot and you're like messaging me and Jennings and you're like, we'll split up the ad revenue, whatever way, you know, it's on your YouTube channel. We don't care because we know that everything is just benefiting all of us together if we're going to do something smart. And there's so many people who just have no clue any of those concepts. Yeah, it's just taking taking the long view, zooming out, is just, it's not really in human nature because for the first uh especially you know, 10, on digital t- yeah yeah i mean all this stuff is so brand new it's just very hard uh it's very hard to zoom out and i the last thing that i for sure wanted to talk about was my experience submitting cards to psa today and i just was as i was doing it i'm going to the post office i got my box i got my cards i got a put the cards in order that they are on in the printed sheet or I get charged more money. I got to buy bubble wrap. I got to buy the box. I got to pay for the shipping. I got to pay to get on the computer at FedEx to access a printer because I don't have a printer because I'm not a hundred years old. Like all, all of these things, it was such a hassle. And just like in your head, think about the idea of like a digitally degrading moment. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, you know, that LeBron dunk is only a PS nine. Like it's so, it's so absurd. And the barrier of entry to Top Shot is creating an account and linking your credit card. And the barrier of entry for being a serious collector, like not someone who's just messing around, but being a serious collector, like, oh, you only buy rookie cards. Don't buy GMA graded cards. Uh, you, the Bowman Chrome for baseball, but only upper deck. But if you buy Panini for NBA it's, uh, or Panini for baseball, it's not licensed. Like there's so much you have to know. And it just, it just made me so much more interested in digital collectibles because it's so much simpler. I, I mean, utility is my favorite part that we haven't even gotten to yet. Like, I think the video game stuff's going to be huge. I think VR, AR is going to be huge, um, which I do. Lefko was making a good point that I wonder if some of that's actually already priced in because it's common around the conversation, which is like, what's going to come? And he's like, well, what's here right now? And nothing's here right now. But what is here is essentially what you have in cards. You just yeah. have stores of value. So it's like, do we even need to be there? Um, but I, my belief but I'm not trying to time the market on it is the Ishmael, Jermichael greens and Bismack Biombos will lose value over time. Yeah. But I would say the top stuff is underpriced right now. Like there's no doubt. Da- I mean, better online put out the odds today of a million dollar plus sale, like minus minus one forty. And Pete, Pete made that same bet. Did you no, take- but I remember Davis. I, I'm not allowed to talk about it anymore. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, Pete, Pete made Pete made that same bet and then had to use it as a bargaining chip in uh, negotiations to continue the offseason whole cast. I'm now letting this individual free roll uh, the bet as part of a. It was good. It was it was a good bet for everyone. I yeah. I mean, when I came on Pete's show to start, like I was joking, I was half joking, half serious. Like we want to sell our moment to LeBron. Like it feels stupidly realistic at this point. Whether or not he'll actually buy it, that moment. Like everyone has told me it's worth over a million dollars, which is 
ridiculous like it's which means i think the cosmic stuff is worth a lot more money i think yeah like when you start to see a million people on the platform and you start to realize yeah there's 60 rich people out there who would pay a million dollars for the greatest player of all time to own one of his digital moments i mean six the the freaking thing the people that sold for 6.6 million today like there's an nba fan who feels that passionately out there about lebron yeah I was also going to say another thing I've been thinking about lately uh, and someone was talking about it in our chat on Lulz last night about how there hasn't been a lot of conversation around security with this, where in crypto, it's a big thing, you know, if it's like not your keys, not your Bitcoin, that kind of stuff. And no one's really talking about it. And I think it's interesting because it's a trade-off for these companies, right? Like the reason Dapper and Top Shot has taken off is because they made the simplistic you know, on ramp for people that they were familiar with, like they were just going through PayPal to do something. Everyone was comfortable with that. Like as someone who moved around some Monero privacy coins the other day for, took me like four hours to spin up a a private node and the wallet and all this. I'm like, there's a reason Monero isn't mainstream and Top Shot is. And I think it circles back to that thing too, of like people's frustrations with Dapper or the withdrawal. It's like, the only reason you're frustrated or even know about this in the first place is because this exists. If you had to send ETH to your MetaMask to get on here to do it, you wouldn't even be complaining because you wouldn't even be doing it. You wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wish they, I wish they would add a functionality to, so that I could send my, my hold moms to my metamask or to my coinbase wallet or whatever that would that would actually be sick to be able to so they they i think that's in the play like they've had a lot of discussions about that that was early days because remember a ton of people were just crypto fans they weren't even really nba fans and it's that same concept of own your own stuff and we've had discussions uh on clubhouse about how um like what if someone did hack into someone's account because it is all centralized right now and they sent themselves a moment, would, would they send the moment back to the original account? Can they? Even yes, do- they would. And I, I bet for sure they I can. Know. I don't know. This is like, I don't know I mean, if that's for sure. You were like 16 when this happened, Jack, but, but the Ethereum blockchain has been hacked and then reversed before uh, back in, I think at like 2016. And I mean, it was a huge thing and it created, they created a bunch of Bitcoin uh, bulls when they did this, but some crazy amount of millions of dollars were hacked and they rolled the Ethereum blockchain back. My guess would be the negative press of the blockchain being rolled back would be far worse than someone's account getting hacked and losing a million dollar LeBron. But I'm not saying the blockchain be, I'm saying like they hack into, you know, just an account of two factor authentication. And and I I think that what does it say? Is it really a blockchain product if it's centralized? Right. And they can do whatever they want at any point. Right. I, I think it defeats now the question is how many people are on this because we're playing on the blockchain versus how I 5%, 5%. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I think that what's what's cool about the product is it exists on the blockchain. They use the flow tokens to power everything, but that's like the back end. That's very tertiary to the element that's front facing that you interact with. Like no one, no one cares that this is on the blo- for the for the most part. A vast majority of people do not care that this is an Ethereum project. Yeah. I wanted to get your guys' take about the new kind of popular thing for a while. It was you can't withdraw. And now the new thing is uh, all of this crypto stuff and top shots is just a giant money laundering scheme. 
um, which I, I've got accused of money. <laughs> someone accused me of money laundering by one fifth of crypto punks. Um, no, that's that's me uh, flushing money down the drain for a bit. But what is your guys's response to that argument? feels like a very inefficient way to launder money when like Monero and Zcash and and way and products with way less attention and way less centralization exist like you could you could uh m- money launder using like stellar lumens or something instead and it would be far easier it's just it's an extension it's a theory behind what's going on like people said uh, KYC is backed up and KYC is to prevent money laundering. <laughs> so now people are just like, oh, it's just everyone's just money laundering. And it's like, no, they had one singular person staffed and then they scaled up like crazy. So I don't think anyone's money laundering. I agree. There's there's better ways to money. La- I go to a card show and pay with cash. There's There's your money laundering. Yeah, that's the thing about all this stuff too, because people were saying that about Bitcoin. It was like, you're way better off paying in cash for something if you want to be discreet uh with stuff that lives on the blockchain that is that is my favorite criticism of bitcoin now is is people are stuck between energy consumption or money laundering or crimes and without understanding the underlying fundamentals to any of it like it just it would just be easier for me if the bulls would just be like look, Bitcoin, I don't get it. And therefore it's stupid. Like <laughs> I, I just, I wish, I wish that people could just be honest about these things, but it, the good faith arguments surrounding um, NFTs and crypto are, are very hard to be found. And that's the, you know, the other thing too, of seeing the the haters is like, I feel like if obviously we're all bullish on top shot, but if you want to like poke holes in top shot or why they might not withstand the test of time. I think that's a way more valid argument than NFTs in general. Now, I mean, NFTs are going nowhere. If you are tilted by NFTs, buckle up because the rest of your life is going to be a tilt fest. Agreed. I said it's, the, yeah. I said, uh, top shot. I like it. Minus 200. I think it'll be a great platform. NFTs is the lock of the set. It's that the sun comes up tomorrow. And, <laughs> yeah. And just to see people dismiss it, without even doing any research. Oh, that's so dumb. I looked at my parents who would pay thousands of dollars for a piece of art on the wall. And I said, that's so dumb. You don't like that. I don't like that. That's ugly. But I at least know there is a market and I get why people pay for it. I don't like it. People can do the same thing with NFTs. I want to hold it. I want to be able to touch it. I want to do whatever. But to act like it's not going to happen, it's just so naive. The, I mean, the, the, the best argument for all of this stuff is like, oh, you know, I like, I like to hold it. I like to feel it or whatever, but like, you know, like 80%, 80% of dollars never exist in a physical form. They only, they only exist digitally. You never, when you get your paycheck, person listening to this, you do not get your paycheck. No one hands you a wad of cash. It gets sent to your bank account. It got a check none of these none of these money this money never exists you never hold this money it's a number on a screen i have not been to an atm since the pandemic started same i I haven't had any need for cash like what would i need cash for (laughs) i think i have like a 20 in my wallet that's been there and it's just it'll never it'll probably never get spent what would i spend it on (laughs) cash is like scarce like it's hard to find someone who has it it's hilarious the only time I ever use cash would be like when you're tipping someone and you're you're out and about. I'm never out and about anymore. What am I just like? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, like club top shot tipping, it's going to be all it's it's all via the Ethereum blockchain. Like it's you pay, via Fred you pay, Van Vliet's. You pay in basic attention <laughs> token. Yeah. Um. All right, boys. I think that's a good that's a good stopping point. Shill shill club top shot and and all associated projects. Yeah, man, we got a show. I don't. Are you going to put this out right now? Yeah, literally in like ten minutes. Yeah, we got a show tonight at 9 p.m. Brian Scalabrini. Uh, it's going to be super fun. We also have Steph Sudo joining us as well. And then the usual Club Top Shot guys. And then we're still like fully hammering things out uh, with who's going to be on. But uh, we got Trey Kirby and Rose Gold uh, for sure locked up for tomorrow. Right, Jack? Yep. Yeah, so that's going to be a fun I feel show. Like we but- don't it's we don't need to shill the show when like Top Shot's uh, putting it on their own website. That was the craziest thing. We will, uh, we will see. So yeah, if you guys want to come hang out in the club uh, tonight, we'll see if uh, Peter Jennings might make the Gracie debut yes. in the club as well. Could happen tonight. He's got to tokenize the baby first before anyone <laughs> sees it. All right, everyone, follow Jack, follow Pete, uh, listen and watch Club Top Shot, and we'll be back next week with uh, Scott, the CEO of Starstock.